Welcome to Sports Memory Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Forbes. Uh, I never actually do this, but last night, Wednesday night, we did record this podcast, and it happened to be my birthday, so I am going to give a little bit of a disclaimer here. The following podcast you're about to hear is filled with some drunk gentlemen. Yes, we bought a couple bottles of whiskey for my birthday, and this one got just a little bit out of hand. So just want to throw that disclaimer out there. It's not necessarily our best body of work. We're going to try not to drink so much in future podcasts. We always have a couple beers, but this one, I mean, we pretty much annihilated a bottle. So the following podcast is a very drunken one. If this is your first time listening to us, please, I urge you, go to a different episode. (laughs) This is not a good sampling of our body of work, but regardless, here it is. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. It must be my fucking birthday. A treasure trove of news has come out. Honestly, the last couple weeks, we've done some pods, and I gotta say, uh, going into the pods, just searching around the news topics, haven't really found a lot of things that interesting. Today, all of a sudden, and it is my birthday, by the way, uh, all these Happy things... Happy birthday, dude. Thank you so much, Marcus. Thank you so much. But all these things just continuously start to drop. And something's good for me, something's bad for me, but regardless... It's one of these days, man, as a meme maker, as a content maker, you just hope and pray for these days. And we're going to start this podcast off. Uh, Welcome to Sports Memory Podcast. I'm your host, Drew. We're joined with Marcus and Derek today. And we're going to be starting out this podcast by talking about my good friend, Urban Meyer, who as uh, one of the people on the Sports Memory said earlier in the year when he was first hired, and we all debated whether or not it was a good hire. I always knew it was trash from day one. But Brandon, who's on the Sports Memory, an exact quote was him, from him was, I'd hire Urban. <laughs> now, obviously, since it's your birthday, is there any other person in the like sports world that you could have had some like wild news come out for other than Urban? Like, like, is there anyone else? Like, like, like in terms of people that I would want funny news to come out about? Yeah, to be out, like, like outside of Zimmer getting fired. What was on your wish list? Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> Ur- Urban Meyer's gold, man. He's comedy gold. Yeah. I I appreciate him so much. I appreciate what a loser this guy is. So, in, in case you you don't know what um, we're talking about here, the Tampa Bay Times, who by the way has just been breaking bombshell stories, they're, they're the ones that broke the uh, AB story when he didn't pay his chef. And uh, the chef said that he actually faked his COVID card. Um, and now, uh, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times broke his story today. And this is my favorite. Just funny. Just dumb. Just how dumb are you, Urban Meyer's story of the year? So, the title of the article is, Former Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau says he was kicked by Urban Meyer during warm-ups. Which, just straight out the shoots. What are your thoughts on that <laughs> article heading? Kicker bitch, I don't I don't care about kickers. Like it's a great story to like listen to and dig into, but there's if you there's no way to prove it. Right now it's just they're like, not human. No, well they're they're <laughs> not athletes. They're nothing. <laughs> Get rid of the kicking game altogether. But 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 outside of that, like you know it's it's funny like joke about and laugh about. And uh, I know we're gonna dig a little bit into like urban in college versus urban and pro or like coaches in general. But like what what proof is there other than? Uh, it's fucking Josh Lamb. But like right now, if it was like any other coach that like didn't have any stories or any other like shit going on in their like lives, like we got we got uh, 
like all the turmoil going on in Jacksonville, like uh, Urban banging uh, girls at the by the bars, whatever. If it wasn't Urban, I don't think it would have broke. But since it's Ur- like no one really talks about it and assumes it's true, but because it's Urban, we just want it to be so true, so bad. But you know. I think I think it's the exact opposite because it's urban. I assume it's true. I already know. I already know it's true, but we we're we're just assuming it. Like Derek, Derek, what do you think? I just uh, to me like this is a mentality thing. Like this shows you a guy who's used to working with college kids who had leverage on, who weren't paid, weren't professionals, um, and, and really had no recourse because if you get cut from a college program, that's kind of the end of your your football career. Where now at the pro level, for a guy to be like, hey. I'm a fucking adult man. Don't fucking kick me. And for him to snap back and say, I'm the head ball coach. I can do whatever I want, basically. Like, it just shows such a, a mentality that it, this was never going to work. Like, Urban Meyer at the pro level was never going to work. Well, I'm just curious, from Marcus's, from Marcus's perspective, what about this story is unbelievable? Because it fits everything. Everything about it. Fits. Oh, 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 no, I, I believe, I know for a fact that it definitely happened. Like, it, it's, oh, okay. it, 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 right. it, it's not that, but like, that's just funny because if, because it's urban, we, we just automatically assume that's gotcha. true. Like, gotcha. if, it, if it was like Zimmer, like, like Belichick is like someone who just got cut, we'd be like, mm, I don't know, it's kind of a weird story. Right. Automatically. And, and it would have been true on any coach, but because it's urban, we know it's true. And, uh, Derek, that's exactly what Drew and I were just t- kind of talking about on the car. We're like, well, that transition to like being the boss, like kind of having mm-hmm. the kids that have a lot at stake. We're talking about like Josh Lambeau. I, th- I think he was an all pro, but he definitely was like a multi pro bowler. Really like, good mu- at mu- one time. Multi millionaire. Like, yeah. But nonetheless, you're talking about grown ass men versus like kids. And um, th- that was kind of the approach. Like, I'm, I'm not going to defend him. I'm, I assume it happened. I, n- I know it happens in the college level. We've experienced it. Like, you get smacked in the head, you get you get very degraded, but you get over it because, you know, you want to fucking play. Right. Um, so yeah, it obviously it happened, but it obviously it's it's very well timed, I guess, because you know if this happened back in August, it's like right after everything else. It's, just, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's everything we could ask for. Yep. This is uh this is the I don't I don't even know what to call. It's like the the full house of of meme material here. Oh man, it's just so good. And then so so I read the article heading, and I'm like, okay, you know that's probably sensational. Probably, probably sensationalized article heading as they normally are. <laughs> then I read the story and holy shit, somehow the story is even crazier. So this is exactly what Lambo said within the article. I'm in a lunge position, left leg forward, right leg back, Lambo said. Urban Meyer, while I'm in that stretch position, comes up to me and says, hey dipshit, make your fucking kicks and kicks me in the leg. Lambo spoke for the first time publicly about what he said happened to him in an interview with the Tampa Bay Times. It certainly wasn't as hard as he could have done it, but it certainly wasn't a love tap, Lambo said. Truthfully, I'd register it a 5 out of 10, which in the workplace, I don't care if it's football or not. The boss can't strike an employee, and for a second, I couldn't believe it actually happened. Pardon my vulgarity, but I said, don't you ever fucking kick me again. And his response was, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. Is it, is it kind of good that like 80% of that... I thought it was like we were reading like a sex book, like you know. Oh, oh, he! I was stretching and I was in a vulnerable position, bro. This and, is the best two paragraphs. Oh my! It's in, in, it's in, in, until until hey dipshit. I I thought oh. you were reading like a, like a sex book type Dude, thing, you know. And those are the best two paragraphs I think in in, in sports journalism history I've I've ever read in terms of like juicy meme material and just a guy that I've always hated. And it's just the, everything is a reflection of what I've always thought about Urban Meyer beautiful and, it, it, and it's even like the premise of 
you know, the kicking thing, everything else, ridiculous. But the idea that you come up to a professional kicker is like, hey, dipshit, make your kicks. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I hadn't thought of that. No shit. Hmm. Like, that's a fucking professional kicker. Yes. So, so real quick, um, between the last couple stories that have come out from Urban, and this is to both of you, what would have been, um, I guess, kind of like a better response? Like, Urban responding to, like, don't kick me. And we, we joked about this. And Urban said, well, at least I make my kicks. Or, or if um, during the... Um, like urban bitching at everyone talking about like what they've accomplished. If someone would have just responded to him, oh, you haven't accomplished shit in the pros, bitch. New level. Mm-hmm. Like what? What? Which one of those would have been better? Like, I think urban I, I would. Response. I would love to see some assistant coaches clap back and be like, "What have you done at this level?" Yeah, well, and, and, so, and, so, and both was a, a, a acceptable answer. Well, so that's the thing for some context for folks. And I know Mike. People are people, especially in the Bucks community, are super super mad at Rick Stroud for breaking this AB story. Even though I've read this story five fucking times over and there is no irresponsible journalism whatsoever in that AB reporting. He's literally just reporting from a source, a very qualified source who's next to AB. Rick Stroud gets another source in in Lambeau. And what about this is unbelievable? Nothing about it is unbelievable. Just last week, a story broke where Urban Meyer basically summoned his coaches into a room And this is a source within the current organization. So this person apparently is still on the team being paid by the Jaguars. And said, basically, he summons all of his coaches together and calls them out and says, what have you ever won to all these coaches? Some of these coaches, multiple of these coaches, by the way, have been on Super Bowl winning teams. So multiple of them have actually won Super Bowls. At this level, yeah. Yeah, at this level. Urban Meyer, coming from college, won what? One game, two games. What, what what is his college resume or is NFL resume two, so far? Yeah, two wins. Two two wins. One against the Bills. Okay, not exactly a Super Bowl, but you beat the Bills in the regular season, and he's basically basically called him called a meeting to call his coaches losers. What was his strategy there? And then you talk about you know a loss. They they lose. He doesn't travel back to the team. He goes to the bar and gets grinded on. There's nothing that this guy couldn't do at this point. So. For, for at, at at right now, for me, when you like you look at Urban, it's kind of like the same kind of talks and debate that we've. Uh, who the fuck was a player? Basically, it comes down to like, listen, if you're accomplished, and you know, if you're making headlines and you're like, you know, you're you're making waves out off the field. If you're really like, if you're fucking Tom Brady, everyone's gonna fucking figure it out and deal with it. But um, um, if, if you're just not performing, if you're not winning, then you know what? Let's just cut it. You're not worth. You're just not worth the extra headache. And and, and kind of it's it comes back to like the you know the Colin Kaepernick thing. They're like, why is he not being signed? Right. It's a. It's just because if he was performing at like a first team All Pro level at the time, oh, know, we don't need to go into well, Kaepernick. No, no, come no, on. No, no, no. But but that, that's. <laughs> it, it, no, I, I'm not going into that. But it's just like that example. Like if you're performing, then the extra like off the field stuff, everyone will go through it. But if you're not right. performing, then no one wants to even. It's just it's unnecessary attention, you know. Yeah. Yep. So what what what's the future for Urban at this point? Oh, he gone. I mean, you you have to get rid of him, right? <laughs> he like, gone. You have to. Yeah. There, there's there's no way around that. I mean, this is officially like you know, uh, workplace violence. Uh, Lambo claims that he has multiple sources. Didn't want to name him to get him involved. Um, people people that witness it. Uh, Urban Meyer, by the way, and you know what? I got to read Urban Meyer's rebuttal because he did say. Josh's characterization of me and the incident is completely inaccurate, and there are eyewitnesses to refute his account, Meyer said. 
Uh, he said, manager Trent Blank and I met with him on multiple occasions to encourage his, his performance, and this was never brought up. I was fully supportive of Josh during his time with the team and wish him nothing but the best. I'd believe Urban's account if it wasn't all this other stuff. That's a problem. Yeah, there's too much smoke. He, no, he, he's fucking gone. Like, he has to be. He's, he yeah. has, he's done nothing. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, just to, like, kind of put what I was talking about earlier in, like, in a, like a preface here, like, the combine them if bill belichick if all this shit was happening right now you'd say well he's got the resume no, but this shit never happens to bill belichick well yeah, yeah it doesn't happen it, and it never would but if it if, if it was we'd say all right well move on you guys figure it out because he wins the worst right, thing bill Urban belichick ever win. did in his career was get naked in front of edelman uh at a, at a at getting out of a hot tub one time the, according to edelman <laughs> the uh my favorite my favorite thing about the coaching part too is like if these if you have such a room that's just a bunch of losers like you hired these guys less than yeah, a year ago exactly yeah you, you fucking, losers like, that I hired yeah well, the only thing the only thing that's changed is they went two and eleven under you what, like that's the only thing that's changed I, is you hired these guys what wasn't that part of like him signing with them was uh, he gets to like have full control over who gets hired to the staff yeah he brought Charlie Strong with them he brought he brought some of his own guys with him now he's like turning on them yeah he oh he I mean he he tried to hire the the one dude from uh from Iowa that you know had had multiple like allegations against him guy's just a doofus bro since day one i mean straight up have you, have you read a friend that you know dating like a like a girl and they tell you from day one i think this girl might be trouble but then they just continuously date him and then that girl repeatedly shows him that they're trouble and everything that they do or vice versa guy a, a girl tells you hey i think this guy's trouble and they continuously treat him bad this it's to me this is a bad relationship and, and Urban Meyer is is an abusive fucking asshole, and the Jaguars have been beaten down so many times that they're afraid to get out of it. That that's my Colin Cowherd analogy. <laughs> the, the the best thing Urban can do is say is he's he's dealing with mental health issues off the field. And he's going to step away, and yep. he's still fucked either way. Like he's gone. done. He's, he, yeah, he's I gone. think he's done as a coach on the college level. And well, and and the way that everything's kind of like built up this year. He can't even get back to ESPN to that cushy job. Like no, no, you can't, ESPN you, will never hire him again. No, you that's for sure. Can't. It's weird that ESPN man, ESPN's got some character issues with uh, John Gruden. Now Urban Meyer, D- D- Walt Disney kind of own, owns ESPN, I believe. Right? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- I think. Is this all coming stemming back to Walt Disney? That's yeah, a, that's, another, that's, that's another topic. Mickey's a <laughs> shitty hire. <laughs> Anything else to say on this this uh, this Urban Meyer situation? I just I just really think as the Jaguars, like you have you just invested a lot of draft capital into your first round, uh, picking up two rookie guys, including a, what could be a franchise quarterback. Like it's almost irresponsible if they let this Urban Meyer thing go on too much longer. The best thing they could do is go hire Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> he coached both of those first round uh, rookies very well. I mean, that, it was rumored that Dabo Sweeney might be a package deal. Um, with with Trevor Lawrence and potentially was a you know a guy that the Jaguars were targeting. In my opinion, here's the problem with the Jaguars and their market. They're kind of an insulated market, right? They're not like a Tampa who has you know like the Tampa Bay Times. It's Jacksonville, and their fans are Jacksonvilleians. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they they're not going to hold their their coach accountable as accountable as other markets will. That's all I'm going to say. If, 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 if this had happened in LA, he'd be gone already. If this had happened in New York, he would have been gone Jesus months ago with the grinding incident or, Oh yeah. You know, like it, it, 
any of the character issues pop up, I swear these guys are gone. It, it, this does not fly in any other market other than Jacksonville. Thousand percent, thousand yep. percent. The other huge news of the day. Really want to dive into this. Uh, FSU had the number one recruit on the on the majority of college boards, uh, Travis Hunter, and he flipped to Jackson State. By all accounts, FSU thought that he was a guaranteed lock today. But the reports are Jackson State and allegedly a what could amount to be one and a half to two million dollar offer from Barstool Sports through the NIL arrangement that they have. Um, Travis Hunter flips on the day that he was supposed to commit to Florida State over to Jackson State. The FSU community just loses it. And full disclosure, I graduated from Florida State. I know a bunch of people that went there that were freaking out about this. One of the wildest things, and truly, this is historic. Like when we look at when we look back, do, is it NIL? Is it nil? How do you, how do you, how do pe- how are people like talking about or I, saying I, this? I think it's NIL because nil means zero. But so but I'm sure some people are going to announce like pronounce it like oh nil. Right. You know, just like they do with most acronyms, you try to find something that is what it sounds like. So basically, what it is is you can now pay players uh, for their likeness, uh, for their you know for the performance, and to play college football, corporations. And schools, well, not not schools, but like boosters from schools and and things that are you know in, in the community of a school can now pay students for their performance and for them to play, which is what people have been yelling at for years. But this is the first time now a, a, a team that had been recruiting this player for years now it's flipped to another team who's coached by Deion Sanders, who, by the way, is is doing a docu series for Barstool Sports. It's a whole thing. But what are your guys' thoughts on this incident? In general, I love the NIL. I love payers getting play, paid and getting kind of their piece of the revenue they generate. Um, but I think there, there's you know, we talked about this earlier. There's there's some real state in between liking that and thinking that this specific incident is probably not good for college football. Um, I, I think it sets a really dangerous precedent and we gotta I think we gotta draw some lines around what is okay and not. It's strange that a corporate entity with ties to a school's head coach are the ones footing the bill to get him there. Um I, I, I think from a conflict of interest standpoint and from a competitive standpoint, that's I don't think that that should be something that's capable of happening again going forward. Um, I'd like to see some definition around exactly who can pay, where the money can come from, how they can be associated with the program. Um, it, it just, I don't know, it feels kind of dirty to me on this one. We could go days either talking or arguing about every single thing. Now, earlier this year, I, like I brought it up, I was like, I'm not against payers get, uh, players getting paid, but like introducing this type of money, it's there, like shit's going to happen. Like, like in the perfect world, like in in the perfect like the way it was designed, it it will never be like nothing in human nature has ever gone to like its natural design, right? So one name that I cannot wait to kind of pop up from like stemming from this is Nevin Shapiro. This guy is going. You, get, you guys remember Shapiro? Like he was like one of the, like the guys, ton of money, giving him the Miami Miami players got prison time, all that. But we're we're seeing so much kind of going on already. Quinn Ewers. It was huge that he didn't commit to any of those Texas teams because they wouldn't pay him. So he goes to Ohio State. He left high. He skipped his senior year 
to go to Ohio State, make a million dollars. Now he's coming back to Texas because now he's got his money. Like, good good for everyone. Get it done. It's it's such a slippery slope. But, and I mean, the day and age that we're in right now, you you're, people are making fucking six figures just for, like, showing their feed on, like, like other, like, <laughs> websites. Like, straight up. Um there's, there's, there's never going to be a right answer. There's always going to be like a right and wrong on either side, I guess. Like, because even if you find like that middle ground, people are going to find a way to like snake their way to. And, and this is a prime example of it, right? Because you know, like earlier on, everyone's like, you know, good for Quinn Ewers, good for like um, Bryce Young. Well, so it, it, my friend Marcus here struggles with context. So explain the Quinn Ewers con. <laughs> Situation because our view, our listeners might right. not understand so, what that so, is. So Quinn Ewers, he is he was the, he's the number one recruit up next year. Yes. So uh, he got his credits and he's from the state of Texas. And what he did was he graduated early and he signed. And in Texas, you cannot get paid at all. Like Texas has a strict like law on that. Mm-hmm. So what he did was he signed with Ohio State. And Ohio State, their boost like who they paid him. Yeah, they he fucking paid him. Like he made him a probably he made a million dollars already. And just to be a backup over there for his his freshman season, which was his senior season in high school. Now he transferred back to Texas. So now he just made a million dollars for his senior year in high school. And and obviously this he's going to be like the uh, rare elite example, right? Right. Because uh, not everyone's the best quarterback in the country, whatever. But but it starts paving the way to, hey, we can go make money here and we can go back here and lose no time, lose no anything. So I think the most important thing that Marcus is saying, which is true and something that I read about NIL today, is that uh, basically this is being determined by the states. Individual states are what are determining what what colleges can do in these circumstances, from what I understand. And so different states differ on it, and that's going to create a huge divide in the NCAA because some states are going to have more power in recruiting with this NIL concept. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent they yep. are. Because, so like, why, why would you not want to go to a state that's going to pay you? Why would you not want to go, especially as like a high school kid, especially as a grown man, why are you not going to, like right now, if you're going to get offered 10 times what you're making right now, you're right. going to say yes. Well, in Travis's case, who wouldn't do that? In a heartbeat. Barstool Sports say they're going to pay you $1.5 million to go to Jackson State, who's like the hottest story in all of college sports right now because they're coached by Deion Sanders. Uh, Barstool Sports is making a docu-series about it. Like, what what is not to love about that situation? Well, there's actually plenty not to love about it. But they're, they're <laughs> absolutely... I, I, it's, I want the kids, like, I want the guys to be able to make money off their likeness. Like, I'm not shooting that down. But, like, as soon as I, like, Bryce Young got that million-dollar deal before we're playing a snap, it's it's like it's hard to argue with it, but like all these the floodgates are open right now, right? And and as soon as you know, and but the floodgates have been open. That that, that that's the thing that I don't understand about a lot of people's uh, confusion about a lot of this. Uh, Barcel Sports has basically attacked this NIL concept since the start. They've been sponsoring players by sending them even merchandise and saying that this athlete is a Barstool Sports yeah. sponsored player, which you used to not be able to even do. Well, now they're doing it, and now they're directly paying a player one and a half million, maybe one million, maybe two million. It's it really isn't even out the final number. Um, is this this is absolute wild? I, what's what's the answer here for you, Derek? Where does NCAA go from here? I I don't know because this I think that this is a complex, nuanced solution that 
the NCA typically isn't known for being able to make. I don't know that they can fix this. Uh, they're going to try to do something black and white, and, and they're probably going to either ignore it or overcorrect. Um, so I, I don't really know where they land. Um, I, I don't know if there's a way to tie it to staying out of school. It's, it's, it's only going to take a couple schools getting burned, like Ohio State, where they, they're going to restructure the money they offer, and maybe they do it on like a per-year basis or something to where a guy can't take a million dollars and then go back to a different school and not even play a down of football for your team. Uh, only so many schools can get burned before that happens. I mean, there's no saying that Travis Hunter doesn't transfer to Florida State next year after well, going you know, well, to, to Jackson for a year. So, so I, I think, and I'm pretty sure uh, in this deal with Travis Hunter, it's a per year basis. So I think it's up to one, I think it's up to one million with incentives. Um, there, there's, there is no right answer right now. As my, as my dad used to say to uh, me and my siblings, um, it's kind of what we're looking at. It's like every time I, I, I seal or repair a hole that you guys fix in this boat, you're poking three more. It's kind of what's going on right now. Um, and cause, cause like more creative ways to like get players to like move around to get money. It's, it's gonna happen. And I think, I think kind of the, the problem is just kind of like what you said, like you jump to overcorrect. And I think with all the pressure on the NCAA at that time to like fully allow it, I, I don't think that they took the the time that was needed. We you know because because of the pressure, they didn't. I don't think they took the time needed to like really think. Like n- none of us could have ever would have ever even thought about the op- the opportunities. Like that's not what we do. But what's interesting? What's a kind of interesting dynamic to me too is a lot of the states. You know, think about this being solved at the state level. A lot of the states that are historically anti-labor who would be against something like this um, are also <laughs> very pro football. Like Texas is going to hate this from a you know labor standpoint and, a, and an anti-business standpoint. They think that paying players is probably a bad precedent, but at the same time, like they care a lot about football. So how many times until like Texas becomes a bottom feeder because they, they're not attracting talent, all of a sudden they'll probably change their tune on this. Um, oh, and especially thousand, when you're going to see pro labor states, you know, California is probably going to profit. USC, Cal, you know, UCLA, like Florida. these are schools. Florida allows Florida. it as well. And so, so, yep. th- so, uh, this is another thing that I'm so excited. We're dig- digging into this one now. Um, I-, I started to talk to Drew about it just a little bit. So, like, right now, and obviously now, like, uh, there's blood in the water. The Sharks, like, the finance people, like, everyone's coming, like, to these guys that are going to, like, the, you know, the premier players or whatever. So, right now, it's going to be really interesting. So, let- let's just say, in a fully balanced thing, everyone says we're good to go. So now you have these states like California that get taxed more on income versus like Florida. And you're, you cut you like they will, people will be bidding on these high school kids. Like they're free agents in the NFL. Hey, I will give you this, this, and this, here's your million dollars. And then you were, their rebuttal is going to be, well, uh, Florida state offered me the same contract. They don't get this tax. So, and this is what I'm talking to my agent, but that's that's what like this is going to be like. The yeah, but NFL. there's ways around taxes. They can you can for this kind of function, you're not ta- you're not worried about jock taxes. You're not worried about be- it's not on a per game basis. You're not being paid for a game, so they could collect it in their home state. They could collect it. Uh, th- th- trust me, there's going to be accountants who get around any tax. There's, there's going to like it, it's going to get insane. Yeah, it's not a per game basis, so it's not the same as like the NFL. Yeah, long story short on this, I think, guys, is there's a lot of unknowns. And uh, to say the floodgates are open is a serious, serious understatement. I mean, we are about to see a correction, like Derek said, 
by the NCAA, I mean, we're going to see states that are scrambling. You're telling me Texas isn't going to allow this? Texas, one of the biggest powerhouses in the entire country for all of football, they're just going to sit back and allow other states to not do this? But I think Texas is also under the assumption of, of the old ways of, you know, you get your scholarship and that's, you, you get your scholarship and you just be happy about it. So they very much, the Texas is a victim of their own uh, philosophies in this. And, but watch, watch this now. All these states' legislatures are going to react to this. I mean, Florida approved it. Uh, different states have approved this. It's going to give them a definitive recruiting edge. I'm embarrassed, quite frankly, though, of the of the of the schools within the states where it's allowed that have not thought about what it what Jackson State just did because it really is insane. You're telling me Florida State couldn't have found a corporate partner that could have sponsored them to give this to give Travis Something. Hunter the exact same, if not better, offer. Yeah, I guarantee you that is not the case, and it's it's really it's it's all this is is Jackson State. Outthought these other giant programs, yeah, the thing, and they were the, ahead. They were the first to do it. They were the first it, to it, do it. it. It's some. It's a. It's a school and a, and a program. Again, it's barstool. They are trying to do stuff for for laughs and and publicity. The time. That's it. The 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 Dion thing is is why it happened. Period. Yep. You know, and, well, he's so, a partner. But the Dion thing. So, dude, barstool sports. I mean, t- I'm telling you, they're they're really smart in what they do, and this is a smart yeah. move for them. What what does a million dollars buy them now? Controversy, publicity. Sure. Their oh, name. Their so name smart. is going to be everywhere. Yeah, Dude, they, they are. Off they are genius. They're, they're the- geniuses at just stirring up controversy, having their name thrown out there. A lot of people hate them. Me personally, I fucking love them. Half I consume barstool sports. I love them. I I, I think they're great. Uh, do they have some flaws? R- ridiculous amounts of flaws, and they're they're kind of figuring it out as they go along, which I respect as a you know, kind of underground page that we are that's kind of springing up under similar circumstances, inspired by Barstool Sports, by the way. I created this page because of pages like Barstool Sports, but it really is fascinating that Barstool Sports kind of outthought all these other massive programs, and they were the first to do it. And historically, this will go down. I mean, this is the number one recruit in the nation. And if you don't think that that was specifically targeted by them, you're wrong. It, they, it, they they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. It's a thousand percent a historical Genius. Landmark. Genius. So, so genius uh, move by Barstool. So so one thing to like kind of like go back on when you talk about like why couldn't Florida State do this? So like when you look at like Oregon, like they had they someone went to Oregon, you know, they make and the Nike, right? They're, they're, so that's why Oregon has everything that they want and more from Nike. Yeah, you don't you don't think they're like like Someone like people are getting fucking paid, like the higher ups at Florida State. No one's like, hey, do we have someone who graduated from here and loves the school? Like any of these donors that donate so much money to us, is there no one that we could go to to be like, hey, um, we are going, we could potentially lose this uh, recruit. He could change every, the face of our, our our everything here. Give us a hundred grand. G- give give us help us get money towards him. Yeah, like how do you not think about that? And I think when like looking forward, the biggest for me is like, all right, so so he goes to Jackson State right now. So let's just say, and not to like like 
hope he sucks, but like let's just say he doesn't perform or like like obviously like your top tier recruits, you're expecting them to become first round draft picks. So let's just say he ends up sucking or doesn't get what he needs, like everything, and doesn't get drafted. Doesn't or, matter. Barstool Sports has already gotten what they need from this guy. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm not talking about Barstool, but I'm just talking about like the, this whole and this yeah. whole bubble that we're like staring at, like. Does that kind of change the like how the money goes? I I, I just don't no, know. No, I don't think so at all. Because it, th- think about Tim Tebow, huge NFL bust. Imagine being a, a corporation that sponsored him in college for well, his likeness. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Like imagine being a corporation that came along and said Tim Tebow, the hottest thing in in, in college football, and it's it's actually why it was was incorporated and why it makes sense. Which like you you're probably going to suck on the NFL level, but you're one of the greatest things that's ever happened in college football. We're going to, we're going to throw you $3 million for your likeness. You're going to do a few ads for us, whatever. And that's going to make sense for it. And honestly, that's why it works in my opinion. But what I'm saying is my question is like, like coming up athletes and, and this, this right here is, is, and will be the most drastic like shift that we're going to see, like going from like, you know, a prime program, top, top, player in the country going to FCS. Um, if he doesn't perform and doesn't get drafted, do you think that maybe some of these guys will learn to not take as much money? Like, hey, we'll take a little bit less money, but we want to be For the sure best the market coach. will adjust. Yeah, and, definitely. And everything's going to adjust. Like, like it's it's such it's such a historic landmark. Like, oh, it kind of gets your blood going either way. What, so what program benefits the most from this, and what program just gets slammed by this, potentially? I think a lot of the SEC schools post. I mean, you look at like Alabama. Whenever Saban, they're good till, until Saban leaves, obviously. But once Saban leaves, what's the draw to go to Alabama? Like, it's not by anything. It doesn't have good academics. Like, it's. I think those are the kind of schools. Um, even like Florida, like Gainesville is a shithole. Like, you know, you look at a lot of schools like that, and and you think they kind of fall by the wayside. Um, and then I think all the the pack has been in such a just deterioration, but they have a lot of the schools I think get a bump. I think Cal gets a bump. I think USC gets a bump. I think Oregon with Nike probably gets a bump. I think Washington's right down the street from Microsoft. They get probably get a bump. There's a lot of money out there. A lot of, you know, alumni that could, could partner up and for local product, especially you look at like Oregon, they don't have a really, they don't have professional football. You can dump all that money in the ducks. And, and next thing you know, they have 800,000 uniform combinations again and players making all kinds of money. So you guys do know that like tuition will start going up in like some like some of these areas like like every all the prices of everything are going up like like maybe actually maybe not like tuition but like like there's so there, this we how, how many how many dollars have we already seen dumped into like the first year tens of millions like that money's getting just some, it's coming from somewhere ever like that's just gonna drive the prices of the everything up I'm all about it like good for them but we have some, I don't, we, we, I, we, I don't Prices, tuition couldn't go up anymore. If tuition goes up anymore, people are going to stop going to college. So I, I don't think that tuition's tuition's not paying this. The yeah, schools I, themselves I, aren't I, paying this. I, I it's, it's Mercedes-Benz who wants to have a commercial with XYZ quarterback. No, I, 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 it has nothing to do with tuition. If anything, this squeezes universities, which are very much for-profit corporations at this point. I mean, the, the way that tuition has been on the rise in recent years and, Ridiculous. and costs, it, none of it is because they're not making money. It's just because they can. Um, it does. I think a lot of this money, instead of going into these booster slush funds that 
sometimes get used to make the, 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 the facilities better and make this better and things that help the school. Yep. Um, now they just go direct to the player outside of the school. Dangerous. It's, it's it's very dangerous. It's I'm, I'm it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. It, but it's fair, but it's dangerous. And you know what? We're gonna see readjustments like we see with anything else. But it's gonna be really interesting to see how colleges respond to this. And the recruiting trail is not over. I mean, this is this is early recruiting at this point. There's still months of recruiting. A lot of a lot of players, even for FSU, have delayed their recruiting till February to make their decision. So why would you, why would you not? I, I wonder I, if I think players are delaying see. at this point to see if they get paid. I, 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 th- I think recruiting probably turns into like free agency where yeah. there's that first initial wave where a bunch of guys sign for a bunch of money. And then that middle period where nothing happens. And then see, but here treat that February late uh, period, late signing period as like the wire. And it's all of a sudden like last minute deals. All right, we'll give you a hundred K boom, done. Here's what I don't quite understand. So, um, players can still sign with teams. They can be recruited by big power teams and and come in. And then they can be signed by a, a company. They don't have to be paid up front like Barstool did. Yeah. So, he could have still came to Florida State, a much higher profile school than Jackson State, uh, a, 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 a team that has pumped out so many first-round DB talents in the past. And he could have... A corporation could have came along at that point and said, hey, you're playing for Florida State. I want to pay you a million, million bucks because you're playing for Florida State and because you're this good. I think it's short-sighted on Travis's part. Yeah, of course. Quite, quite he, frankly, I, I, I think he's making a bad decision. He's going to play for a, a tiny school that has produced very few NFL athletes uh, over a school that has produced a myriad of NFL talents, including the guy he's literally going to play for. So, man, it's, it's one of the hairiest situations I can remember in, in recent memory, and it's going to be so funny and interesting to watch the corrections see, that see, different organizations make. See, and, and that's kind of what I was, like, touching on earlier. It's like, maybe, he, he can, maybe, what if he doesn't get close to his potential? Right. And, it like, obviously, like, 18, of course you're going to be short-sighted. Like, of course you're going to be. And it, it's shit is going to be wild for the next, like, 5, 10 years. And it, I think we're just going to it's going to get – it won't be as wild because, like, this is, like, the first impact, you know, the first blow. But, like, it's, it's, can't, you can't predict anything that's going to happen now. Yep. But – but, we, but like I said, we could talk for days just on this topic. Like th- th- for there's, sure, th- we, there's a lot of unknowns. So, so I, I think we should jump to the NFL. But like, there are so many paths we could go. Yep, let's jump to the NFL. I fucking love this week. Oops, wrong, <laughs> wrong graphic I just played. But yeah, let's jump to the NFL. Uh, biggest news in the NFL this week is the Browns, who are absolutely decimated by injuries. I mean, there, there were talks at at one point. I think what is it? 12 players? What is the number even up to at this point? Uh, Jarvis Landry, who's on my fantasy team, of course, uh, is going to miss this next game. The Browns had an, a ridiculous outbreak to the point where they were actually mulling over whether or not the Browns were going to be able to field a full team this week, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, and we were talking about it, Derek. Technically, under that system, if you have an unvaccinated player, you would actually have to forfeit that game. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I mean, obviously they have, we haven't talked about that yet. So it, I assume that's not the case. I assume you know, everybody uh, to this point has been vaccinated, but I saw Stefanski's out now um, on top of, I think they're down 13 players and three coaches at this point. Just absolutely insane, including Wild. three offensive linemen. Like yep. that, <laughs> over half of a, of a position group. I, I'll tell you what, the Raiders are really doing what they can to make the playoffs. Good for them. The best part is, even with all 13 injuries, or sorry, all 13 cases, um, Raiders still only a one-point favorite. <laughs> That's how fucking bad the, the Raiders are at this point. You know, it's, it's kind of wild, because remember last year, Kendall Hinton played, uh, who, who's like a reserve, like, practice squad receiver, played quarterback for Denver last year, because they were decimated. Uh, Detroit, even last week, was... <laughs> Like they were in, like almost in the same debacle. Now, now we have Cleveland. Like, um, it's, I, I think they, I think they said there was more like positive tests in the last week or week or two than like in the entire year. Um, <laughs> yeah, Monday. So, or, or sorry, Sunday or Wednesday. Now, Monday was the highest um, number of cases they single day since basically the height of the pandemic. And then Tuesday, they had one more than they had Monday. So they had 75 cases in two days. Yeah, this, this Cleveland game is wild. You're right. The Browns are still only one-point dogs after all this. What an embarrassing season. <laughs> My God, can anything worse go wrong? for them? They're, they're going to be without their starting quarterback, uh, their, their best wide receiver, several players on defense, and they're still only one-point favorites. But there's someone very important uh, still playing running back for Cleveland. I think uh, I think you're one of our our one quarterback that we adore talked about him, right? Yeah. So I don't know whether or not this is a real quote or not, but I saw this from a pretty reputable site, so I have to assume this is Case Keenum is starting for the Browns this week. Um, who I actually, by the way, like more than Baker Mayfield. But an exact quote from Case Keenum and. I have to say, don't quote me on this, but I saw it was a meme. I I, I think it was a real quote. Yeah, having a full chub back there is going to be really good. (laughs) I I can't believe that Case Keenum actually said that. Fucking hilarious, though. It's uh, it's definitely hilarious. Are the are the Browns better off with Case Keenum? Um, I think I think it'd be very interesting in in this particular type of game, um, as far as like. Baker standing goes if like the whole team was there because if like case performed then that really hurts like you know Baker Baker's money going for like getting resigned like getting any like solid contract uh now with everyone out there if if case goes and throws for like 302 tutties uh, there's no chance you bring Baker back with like half a roster by the way, that quote is now confirmed. I just I just pulled it up with a reputable source. Case Keenum indeed said having a full chub back there is going to be really good. I love it. What um I think I think I mean, especially in this case, I think they're better with Case. Um I think Baker Mayfield's biggest issue is he hasn't accepted who he is, what he is as a quarterback. Right. To me, he's a game manager who can make a couple athletic plays for you. Sure. But Baker Mayfield doesn't know that. Um, I think Case Keenum knows what he is, and I think he's going to go out there and play within himself, not try to do too much and turn the ball over. Uh, just turn around and give it to a top-five running back as much as you can. Sure. Well, dude, Derek, uh, I, I'm going to rely on you to help me out. Let's let's try and get Marcus as riled up as we can on this one. So uh, one of my favorite games of this week is the Titans at Steelers. 
The Titans are one and a half point favorites at Steelers. Um, let's talk about this for a second. Uh, me and Marcus went to the Steelers game last week against the Vikings. Uh, a lot of things happened. We won't talk about it. Uh, in the end, the Vikings won. Uh, Big Ben threw for 29 yards in the first half. We won't talk about what he did in the second half. Yeah, yeah. because who cares how he finished? Who cares how he finished? Let's just talk about how he started. But the Titans, so beat up. Still favored by one and a half points. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing for the Steelers, isn't it? Isn't it? Like, why why aren't the Steelers favored here? And and as a big big Ben uh, supporter, what do you think about this game? And can the Steelers win this thing? Well, you you have to remember we have a defensive minded head coach who's ridden the, the coattails of um, the GM for the last what uh, fifteen years, right? Yeah. So, so Tom so, yeah, yeah. So that uh, defensive-minded coach, we have the worst run defense I've seen in my entire life. So right. So it's it's not surprising that they're underdogs. Like they they couldn't stop a nosebleed right now. Like we 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 actually got to witness it in person. Like we we could have held like not not held hands, but like we could have like interlocked our elbows and had our our arms wide together and run through some of like the things that were going on. Um, so no, only Tomlin's to blame here. Not your terrible quarterback or terrible offensive line. No, there's there's a there's a lot of there, there's so many pieces going on. But if like if you want to praise somebody, you have to blame them the same way. It all comes from the top. Like we can go. I I, I don't want to. I don't have to. I can go. I just like the NIL. We can go days and days. Like examples and examples, examples. No, but seriously, um, let, let's talk about this game. Like, like w- w- without without just making Tomlin yeah. the scapegoat as we always do. Just kind of like you're how, making how, Ben the scapegoat. Yeah. Well, because big Big Ben is horrible this year. <laughs> He's so, an absolutely terrible quarterback. He was last year too. Um. Just so like how how how, how do the Steelers pull this game out? Um, because they're going to win here, lose the next two weeks, and then beat Baltimore week eighteen to go eight, eight and one. So you think they win that here? How? Tennessee, they're missing pieces. Like they're they're really not as good as they they like they had an incredible run. They had like that five week span. They beat the Rams. They they uh, like I think it was right after they lost to the Jets, or actually right before they lost to the Jets. Remember the Titans were the hottest team in the NFL. Yep, um, they have a good defense. Yeah, they they have it, but just like most of the teams in the NFL, they've been like consistently inconsistent. Like that is the like tagline of the NFL for twenty twenty one: consistently inconsistent. Right, like for everybody, but it's just like one of those like weird feelings. Kind of similar teams, right? All right, so so Titans have dropped games to the Jets. Uh, they've lost some bad ones. They were without their best player. This this to me is the best beautiful disaster on the docket this week. Um, I'm mostly just razzing you. Big Ben's been playing well. Yeah, in the last four out of the last eight quarters that he's played. <laughs> Um, I think Big Bang can get it together and win this one. Uh, I, I I think it's an interesting dog of the week. See, I, I I love him as a dog of the week, but like so, like some people like talk like, oh well, Ben doesn't have like we know Ben's not twenty eight. We like we know we know there's flaws. Guess what? Yeah, if you if he's gonna be the guy, then you have to you have to figure it out around. You have to build it around that properly. Like right. like that's just how it has to be. Like there's, it's like no one's saying he can fucking throw a ninety yard pass. Like no one's saying he's what he was. We know that. Like this is his last year. Like figure it out. And if you don't want to figure it out to like make everything mesh around what he's capable of, 
put someone else in. Like it's a tough decision, but you have you have to go one way or the other. Like no matter what, someone someone people are gonna be pissed on both sides. It, it just is what it is. Like you have to play the 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 hand that you're dealt, and you know go from there. Where are you going on this game, Derek? This is a tough one for me. Um, th- this is one of those I, I kind of see two different game plans at work. If if the Titans get in a situation where they have to start throwing the ball, I think I, I, the Steelers put, they pass rush well enough that I think they'll that'll be the difference and they'll win. If the Titans can kind of stay on schedule with the run game, I, I don't think the Steelers can keep up with them. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I, the Titans are not that good um ryan Tannehill, not that good their defense is really good honestly you said it last week so i'll say it again this is the same team looking each other in the eye titans ryan Tannehill, nothing to brag about ben roethlisberger is so fucking bad like i'm I'm sorry no matter what he's done in these few quarters he is a bad quarterback and what what he showed in his in the first quarter of that vikings game that we saw in person last week i think is far more indicative than the second quarter or the second half where he was just exploiting a, a really bad Vikings defense. If actually, I actually really like rewatched like some of the tape from that game. Cause obviously we we're fucking hammered. Who were they exploiting? Breland. Oh, well, well we, we know they were exploiting. Breland. Do you see how you see like the, the, the open, the, you, you had to have seen the picture of like the three offensive linemen. Like it was like the, the Gators a few years ago when they were all like blocking each other. Steelers actually did that against the Vikings on Thursday. Uh, same thing with, like, Patrick Mahomes struggles like, earlier on when he's just getting fucking drilled. Ben took some shots. Like, he, like, and we knew he took some shots, but, boy, he took some shots. Like Ben took some sh- – he always takes some shots. Yeah. And he yeah. always tells the media how hurt he is every every single week. Yeah. Every single week. No matter what, that's my quarterback, but hammer the over. Hammer the over? It's over 41 and a half. Yeah, hammer the over. That's interesting. I don't know about that. I actually think the under is the play there. Just like I said in uh, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, fucking hammer the over. We'll see, man. Ryan Tannehill sucks. Ben Roethlisberger sucks. When two quarterbacks are that bad, I get why the under or over under is that bad. So, uh, huge, hu- huge news this week in terms of your fantasy league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is likely out for the year. Uh, and one of the final plays of that Cardinals Rams game on Monday, he got rolled up, his knee got hurt. Uh, my question for you guys is, what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins? I I personally think DeAndre Hopkins is showing some signs of decay. Yeah, I fucking hope not. I I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. I've been like very like wide open. I know, about but it. You, you, did, I, did you I, watch I, that game last night? I hope not. But he he not only dropped, but he actually kicked a pass that was intercepted. Uh, so unlike Andre or uh, DeAndre so, Hopkins so in every it. way. Yeah, it's but DeAndre Hopkins out. I mean, the Cardinals are the Cardinals fucked. They haven't had him the, the majority of the year, and they've been performing, but. They don't have him going forward. And, dude, you know who didn't look good in that Rams game? Kyler Murray. Looked very, very, very sketchy in a lot of lot of different situations. And, um, yeah. and without his best receiver, like, and, and, and also remember, Cardinals are in trouble. And, and, and remember, Jalen Ramsey was out, too. But um, I'm not, I, it's, how, like, how do you say that, like, 
Kyler Murray looked bad. Like, yeah, the, there's bad moments, but man, he had some incredible plays for one. And what what did he finish with? Like 380 passing against a pretty damn solid Rams passing defense. He passes 45 plus every single game, and that, that's their offense. If he if he doesn't if he does not finish with that, they're not even competitive. Well, well actually, they've actually been pounding the rock quite a bit, um, like the for the last like six weeks. Um, but, but like, nonetheless, like, the Rams do have, like, a solid – like, they're solid enough. Like, they have the talent there. But there there was there was definitely something kind of odd. Like, you know, Kyler made, like – Kyler Murray finished with 383 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Yeah, and um, you know why? You know who fucking finally came back to play? 99. And, and it, he – like, he's had a great season – he was it's a phenomenal year. Yeah, There's yeah, no doubting it. Phenomenal, but like night, like ninety nine was. Disgusting. What you, well, what are you talking about? So they, they threw for almost fifty times last 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 night mm-hmm. or on on Monday. Yeah, but yeah, Brady threw for fifty one passes against um uh, the Falcons a few weeks ago. Didn't touch that. The Rams are how better. many interceptions did he throw? Zero. Okay, but how many did he throw against the Bills? Zero. <laughs> Brady's what are we talking about here? No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying <laughs> I, is, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Kyler Murray is struggling. Is he not? Yeah, they had moments, but he also he's like struggling greatly. I think great, greatly is a stretch. Okay, uh, Derek, I mean, what are your thoughts? I don't, I don't, I don't think he looks comfortable. I, I think the the style of offense has produced enough yards for DeAndre Hopkins to mask this kind of slow decay that's been coming. Uh, and I think where it shows up is touchdown numbers. He hasn't been producing in the red zone. He hasn't been producing a lot of touchdowns over the last season and, and change, you know, the, the balance of this season. Um, I, I don't, you know, we haven't really seen much emergence from Rondell Moore. I think that was something that we expected to make much more of an impact this year. Um, but this is kind of the time where he's going to have to step up. If he doesn't do anything over the, the, the you know the balance of this season, you got to start worrying. Was that a bust? Obviously, Andy Isabella is somebody they have underutilized since he's been there. Without DeAndre, that dynamic of that whole receiving core kind of changes. They become a kind of a, a lot of like crossing routes, um, and, and it's that's a lot of windows that Kyler. I mean just doesn't see very well because of, of the, his ability or need to roll out of the pocket. Can't really sit in the pocket and, and find those those crossing route holes. Um, so I, I do worry about them without DeAndre, for let's, sure. Let's call it like it is. Uh, Colin Murray is struggling. In this last game, 383 yards. That sounds like a great stat. It sounds almost like a stat that Jared Goff would put up with two interceptions, a 72 rating. In the previous game, he threw for 123 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, but 123 yards. He wasn't asked to do anything in the Chicago game. Previous to that, in the Green Bay game, 274 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Let's call it like it is. Kyler Murray's struggling, and I just wonder what is going on with that to make him struggle. Um, There's really no, like, like who knows? Like like maybe the injuries. Maybe like I think they said the biggest. It's got to be the injuries, right? Like it for sure. He, he took a month off. Yeah. Like if he's if, if it's not better after a month, it's not getting better this season. Yep. And and by the way, the, those two games that I'm quoting, the Green Bay and Arizona game, that's there's five weeks between that. So he sucked balls in the Green Bay game, and then he took four weeks off. Came back in the Chicago game, played okay. I mean, he had 136. QB rating, but he only passed for 123 yards. Um, I'm, 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 all I'm saying is I'm a little bit worried about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals going forward because if Kyler Murray isn't 
shooting on all levels, like can they possibly match up against these top NFC NFC teams, which appear to be the juggernauts of the NFL? When you look at the NFC, you got guys like Green Bay, the Bucks. If, if if I were to give you my power rankings of the NFL, the top four teams would all be in the NFC. And that's my problem with the Cardinals is they're a really good team. Their defense is really good, and it's been bailing them out for weeks. But if Kyler Murray is not Kyler Murray in the playoffs, oh, yeah, the, I think they're in trouble. Of, of, of course. Like, yeah, of, of course, if your star quarterback isn't that guy, then you're yeah, you're definitely in trouble. Yep. Uh, so right? how's Dan Campbell going to beat him this week? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I worry about Arizona, too, because I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that needs home field advantage more than the Arizona Cardinals need home field advantage. 100%. They absolutely and, need it. And they're losing grasp on that. That offense doesn't work as well in Lambeau. That offense doesn't work as well, you know, in, in a lot of these colder climates where they're not perfect passing conditions. I mean, straight up, do you think Kyler Murray can go on the road and beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau? Right, not a chance. Right now, I, I, I don't think God could go on the road and beat Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. It's terrifying, but it's true. It's like I, I I just I worry about this. I mean, Aaron Rodgers went into Arizona on the road and beat them without any of his good wide receivers, by the way. They they didn't have Devontae Adams in that game. He had nobody. His best I think his best receiver in that game was Randall Cobb. Like that's how good Aaron Rodgers is this year. Do do we maybe like kind of Backtrack a little bit on Matt Lafleur because like I'm kind of a doubter of him because he's had Aaron Rodgers. Do we backtrack on him a little bit? I, I 100%. I'm starting to backtrack and say maybe Matt Lafleur is a really good coach. Yeah, like maybe, <laughs> like like maybe it's just meshing really well. No, maybe he's a really good coach. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we miss on that. Yeah. Part of maybe. me thinks okay, you know, if you get out of Aaron Rodgers' way and just kind of let him run the offense, right? You probably get the same record, but at the same time. I think the ability for a guy to check his ego and let Aaron Rodgers do that it's, makes you a good coach. Fucking says a lot, right? And, and <laughs> makes then, you a good head coach. And, and then, he, uh, he's a good coach, focus. and, and, yep. and you learn yeah. from each other. And, I'm prepared to say he's a good coach. And 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 kind of like I know that we were like ex- anticipating like an MVP season, like in the fuck you farewell tour for um for a twelve, but uh, maybe not an MVP season, but like a Super Bowl might. I, I think that works just as well, if not better. I agree. I think the Packers are, man, I'm so wrong about them. I truly am so wrong about them. And they're such an interesting team to look and look forward to. Um, so I've been revving and kind of messing with Marcus for the last few games. Now I want to get on Marcus's side with this one. Bengals at Broncos. <laughs> Broncos are two and a half point favorites. Uh, what do you think about this game? Th- this game is incredibly interesting to me. Who are the Bengals, first of all? Uh, in my opinion, this is a team that has been held back considerably by Zach Taylor. I think that they're a really, really, really good team. Honestly, I, 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 like just on the surface, I think they're a really good team. I think their offense has been held back by, I don't think Zach Taylor is the guy. I really Ooh. don't think he is. Ooh. They're, how are they two and a half point dogs to Denver at this point? It's, it's really, uh, right now, it's really hard to say like Zach Taylor's not the guy because like like I, I was the first person to say, like the first person to say it. like that first eight week stretch and we talked about that like his first like eight games in the NFL it seemed like he didn't know what he was doing but, but they like, overachieved 
No, well, no, like that was last, like last year, like that, that his first oh, stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, like, what, it's right. like, hey, what are you doing? Like, how, like, I know that you're doing this wrong. Maybe the pressure, but like, they, they've done a fantastic job. I think that this is just a very young team as a whole that doesn't know how to like, like, know how to win. I, I still like Den. I like Denver. Um, Denver's just a. You like him to cover. Yeah, I, 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 and anything under two and a half is basically money line for me. Um, which we um <laughs> when I got uh, backdoored on that uh, Ravens Browns game, the uh, I guess two and a half doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes uh, a team will go and kick a late field goal to cover, but you know it is what it is. Um, but since he, I think since he's definitely on the cusp, but they're so young, like all their talented players. Are all twenty six or under, so it, it's definitely going to be a learning experience for them. Because remember, like they had the points where they were so high, they blew right. up Baltimore. They're like the number one. Then they they lost like Seminole High School, and now they're back to the three seeds. <laughs> you know, it's I think it's it's a very much a learning experience. I have this like weird feeling about them that like they. I already knew like San Francisco was going to come in and win, and they couldn't do it. But I think pushing them down after this loss against Denver. They're going to come out and just run the table afterwards. Derek, what do you think about this game? For me, it's tough. I think I think they're Cincinnati. Obviously, is a, is a team that overachieved to start the season. They're kind of coming back down to to where I think they actually are as a team, but they still have. They're the more talented of the two teams. I think. Right. I just don't think they have the maturity yet to put it all together, and that's is including their head coach. You know, he got hired off the heels of this McVay. Let's go get ourselves, you know, a young, sexy, offensive-minded coach. Um, that's why he's in the position he's in. He hasn't done as poorly as I thought he was going to, but he still hasn't done well. Uh, it has a lot of talent available to him. You know, the Broncos shedding passing pass rushers in the middle of the season is weird, which kind of shows that they don't take themselves very seriously. Um this is this is really a, a kind of a gut check. If the Bengals don't win this game, it's, it's pretty much. I think their season's over. I, I think there's enough pressure around them. Um, the Ravens probably take the driver's seat in the, in the division at that point. I, I, it's just so hard to pick against the Broncos at home because they beat some really good teams, but then they look bad against some bad teams. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's one of those where I just kind of close my eyes, assume that Broncos, you know, do it on the ground and 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 pull out a win. I think the Broncos are a lot like the Vikings in that they can lose to anybody, they can beat anybody. You never know who you're going to get. They, they got this really good defense, really inefficient offense. Let's just call it like it is. I mean, it's just not a great offense. The Bengals, who are the Bengals? What are they even good at? They're 7-6. and six. I think they're fortunate as fuck to be at 7-6. and six. Um one guy I do have to salute on the Bengals, and by the way, their their point differential is pretty good. The Bengals, 354 scored, 293 allowed. Um, that's a decent point differential for a team that's barely over 500. Uh, I just look at the Bengals, and I look at Joe Burrow. It's a guy that had a finger injury that looked as bad as Russell Wilson, who missed four weeks with... With, with a similar injury. I mean, his, his finger looked mangled. It looked terrible on his throwing hand. And he comes back, and he plays a fucking great game last week. Throws for over 300 yards. I can't say enough how much I respect Joe Burrow. Have to. This guy had such an insane injury last year. It's wild we're even talking about Joe Burrow as a player. 
because that injury is is an injury that's taken out so many people. It took out Carson Palmer, who, who had a very similar injury as Joe Burrow, for, for years. He was not the same for several seasons. Joe Burrow, he, he has not been electric. His stats don't jump off the page at you. He's a guy that's playing through insane injuries. Yeah. He's got this knee injury, and now he's got this fucking broken finger thing. And they, almost, and they still you have to almost came it. back and won the game last week. I, I love Joe Burrow. Yeah. The guy's insane. In this game, though, man, I don't even know where to go on this. This is something I'm not touching from a bet perspective. No. If I do think I had to touch it, though, I'm going to bet on Joe Burrow in this game. I'm just going to touch it gently. I don't know why. Just because it seems like no matter what's been going wrong with the Bengals these last few weeks, even though Joe Burrow's had all these injuries and, and issues, like I, I just believe in that guy. Oh, I, 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 I think he, I think he could, he could potentially lead like a, a monstrous game. You know who they, who they need to get going? A guy that is not who has been completely Tyler Boyd, Mixon. He's been completely absent the last two weeks. They need to get the run game going because fucking Burrow can barely pass the ball. His fingers all fucked up. They need to get the ball going with Mexican, 100%. So, so I, I, I do kind of just like bring up a like really fun stat because I was kind of combing through it as you brought it up. So uh, at 7-6, and six, Cincinnati, 7-6 uh, and six plus 61. So Buffalo is 7-6 and six at plus 134. One of the top two teams in plus scoring is Buffalo, New England. Fucking Buffalo and New England's plus, they figure it out always, plus 150. It's just like fun stats of the you're like oh didn't realize that one and I uh, definitely realized that one and the, and the, the, the you're talking about the Buffalo defense is lights out we well, yeah they're just plus points but they're also they're, they're seven and six at plus and they're second in in the NFL at right. plus points and there's also still one division in the NFL that is every single team is plus points right the NFC West NFC West yeah uh, Seattle's plus ten. And they are, yeah, every single team. They're in the bottom. Every single team there. It's just fun stats when you, like, like look at things. That's wild. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. Who knows, who knows what's coming from Cincy, man? Yes, sir. All right, guys. So now we're going to do some power rankings. We're going to power rank our top five Christmas songs. You guys <laughs> ready for this? Ready for I'm this? Ready. Who, who, who's going to start this off? Well, number I, one, I think number one is automatic. I think we should just, uh, I know we've got three of us, but number one's a gimme. It has to be. What is it? <laughs> if, 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 it's, if it's not all I want from Christmas is you, just turn the pot off. You're not allowed to listen to this anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if, if, it, if Mariah Carey isn't the artist, wrong. <laughs> you wrong. See, you like Last Christmas? <laughs> Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. Yeah, no brainer. No brainer. Fucking hate that song. But it's the best. It's drives me completely insane. It's it's the best period. It's not. The what, best. So what, what's your what's your number one? Let's hear it. My favorite Christmas song of all time. It's one of the most controversial songs of all time. Is "Baby It's Cold Outside." Have you ever heard that before Thanksgiving? It's such a trash song. I I, lo- I love the song. It's <laughs> definitely it's a, it's definitely a top five. But, like, what makes you think Christmas more than Mariah Carey? Everything. <laughs> Literally everything. Mariah Carey's, like, the herpes of Christmas. Like, it, it's, it's out there. It'll never go away. You're right. It's out there. It'll never go away. 
Doesn't mean I have to like it. So, all right. So, so here's a perfect comparison. So you have um, maybe it's cold outside, and there's a ton of remakes, and a lot of them are way better than the original. Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. There's a lot of remakes, and they're good, but they will never fucking sniff her asshole in that song ever. Sniff her asshole. <laughs> Is that actually a lyric in All I Want for Christmas? It should be. An, <laughs> it should be a lyric in uh, it Baby, be. It's Cold Outside. I mean, knowing Mariah Carey, Sniff My Asshole is probably a lyric in one of her songs, right? Baby, It's Cold Outside. This, far, this fart's warm. Let me sniff this asshole. I, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm, I'm totally being facetious in saying that Baby, It's Cold Outside is. But I, I think if you were to ask Big Ben what his favorite song would be, it would be Baby, It's Cold Outside. Oh, for sure. be- because Baby, It's Cold Outside, if you haven't heard the lyrics, it gets a little rapey. It's well, a little rapey. Well, the girl is trying to go home. The girl is clearly trying to go home. And she's like, you know what? I got to go home. I got to do all this shit. And the guy continuously says, but Baby, It's Cold Outside. Have, 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 have you heard the remake? <laughs> have you heard the remakes? Is it is it more... PC no, like it's, it's, or is it, it even rapier? It is a fucking hilarious like version of it, like because obviously like the song sounds so rapey, and um, it's so rapey. But it's but, the rapiest song. But like, uh, and I'm I'm not gonna like I'm just gonna give you like a nutshell of it. He's like you know he's like you know baby it's cold outside and she's like well yeah you know, I have enough to drink and instead of like ha- he's like well I'm not gonna give you half a drink more but like like the versions of it, he's like well I'll I'll call you an Uber but let me put your I'll put my jacket on you I'll call you an Uber it's fucking hilarious it's a hilarious rendition so it's way less rapey it's way less rapey yes. but but it's hilarious so all right so we're are we going with with baby it's cold outside for number one. I don't think we have Not a choice. To. Or sorry, though, no, no. I'm sorry. Last, all, I'm sorry. All I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas. Mariah Carey. We're going for number one. I Absolutely. will concede that. I was totally being satirical in my defense. But <laughs> maybe it's cool outside because it's an absolutely awful song. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna propose number two. We go White Christmas. Bing Crosby. It's it's the quintessential like sitting around the 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 Christmas tree. Everybody in the room can get down with Bing Crosby, White Christmas. Um, I, I I assume it's not that problematic because snow is white. <laughs> snow is I, white. Uh, I don't even have that in my top five. I'll be honest. Oh, Bing Crosby, not White Christmas. Top five. It's a mood, bro. It's a mood. I, uh, my number two, it's another modern one for me. It's, it's Kelly Clarkson, Underneath the Tree. Oh, dude, you. It's a the, good one. You're the worst. I'm not. It's a good one. No, no, it's not a good one. Not a good one. Can can you sing it? <laughs> no, I'm not gonna sing it. Look it up. It's What's good. your favorite lyric in the in this Kelly Clarkson song? I don't know. I don't know what, what my favorite one is to be honest. <laughs> it's, just, oh. it's it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's a whole. It's good. I just had to look it up, and I'm I'm disgusted. <laughs> What uh, what do you got for number two, Marcus? I, I Marcus got to be a a huge Christmas song guy. I've I I am so I so everyone has their thing, right? Oh boy. <laughs> so I have this thing. I won't listen to Christmas music up until Thanksgiving. And 
I've pushed it back. So, like, starting December 1, and Derek's saying, oh, boy, like, we don't, like, start texting each other pictures of, like, Snapchatting each other. Like, Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you before December. But when I cook at home, like, when I'm at home, it's all all Christmas songs. Like, I love Christmas music. Gets you in the mood. It helps you, like, forget, like, everything else. There's there's so many ways to go. Um, so what is it? Spit it out. No, number two is so difficult. Like spit it out. Is is it wrong to say that like it's yes. Mariah Carey one and everything else is two? Is it is it sure. like is it that wrong? I mean that's literally the case, right? If we're saying it's number one, something else has to be number two. No, but everything. What I'm saying is everything it, else is two. So you so you have a 386 way tie for second. Yeah, I I love Ariana. <laughs> Santa, tell me. I, I love listening to Ariana Grande. Santa, tell me. Um, I got some. I got some Bieber in sync. Um, ninety eight degrees, like that's what. That happy ho- on. yeah, that's on my list. In sync, happy holidays isn't bad. It's it's fantastic. Like like my like my Christmas <laughs> jams. I have Mariah Carey like on Pandora. I have my Mariah Carey Christmas songs. And then I have like In Sync channel. And then I've also got like Frank Sinatra Christmas songs. It's just what my mood is. I love them all equally, but. But Mariah Carey's one. So I'll tell you a song that actually infuriates me, but it has to be on the list just because this, the first time that I hear this song, I'm so happy about it, and it actually makes me totally like fall in, in line with the whole Christmas season. But yep. every other time after that, I hear it, and it absolutely drives me nuts, which is... Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, <laughs> and the very yes. next day, who, the, the, the who, who wham sings that? It's wham. That's wham. Okay, it's, everyone yeah. does. Dude, it. the the wham version of that song is it makes me so happy the first time I hear it, and then every other time and it I has hear it. like all the the cringy ad libs in the background. Yeah, it's got to be number two for me. Uh, that okay. that song absolutely drives me fucking nuts. But That's okay. I can't deny that it gets me in the Christmas spirit early. And then, so, so I'm talking, you know, right after Thanksgiving, start turning on Christmas music. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad Christmas is here. And then by mid-December, right now, I'm fucking resenting this song so, already. Oh, I'm with you. I skip it. I, but I, we're to the point now where I, I, I will skip it every time it comes on. It's, the game is over it. It's, it's so bad. I, I think that's one of those songs that, like, you skip it when, like, other people around, like, you have, you have like, your Christmas jams on. But like, wait, but but like, if you have your jams on in the shower, you're like scrubbing yourself. Last Christmas, yeah, um, um, yeah, like like that. Santa tell me is another really really good one. Like like because the, there's so many renditions. Like it's it's hard. All right, Derek, who do you got for number three? Marcus number can't three. get his shit together. So you I got number, number three. So num- my number three is is kind of a vibe, kind of a kind of a a feeling uh if it's not michael wuble you're lying people people no so that's my number four we'll get to that one uh but number three is linus and lucy it's an instrumental but man it is a vibe what is it so linus and lucy linus yeah linus and lucy and it's just a it's like kind of a christmas piano e quartet vibe instrumental oh word i remember it Oh, so this, that on is, in the background. Yeah, dude, this, this is from Peanuts. Yeah. I like exactly. it, dude. 
Yeah, I like that's my it. Number th- that's my number three. Yeah, dude. Oh, this is a, oh, so this is a Peanuts classic. You didn't know it was yeah. actually from Peanuts? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I did. Yeah, that's why I knew okay. that's why it was Linus and Lucy. No, no. I'm, I, I'm sorry. And, and actually, henceforth, henceforth on these rankings, I will actually play the song because I think it, it adds a lot to it. But yeah, dude, totally. 100%. All right, so what are we on? Three? Yeah. We're, we're on three. No, should we, so we're going on to four. We're going on to four. Now, now Derek, when... when so, I, so obviously, I was calling out Michael Bublé as your number three. Like, are you? Are, is your number four all of the songs, or, or just like like the his make of the song? Because so my, I have a particular version that I like. So it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. I, I, yeah, I, Bublé. Bublé is yes. Bublé's the, the definitive He's, version for me, um, and that's my number four. See, see, for me, it's like it's Mariah Carey's number one. Like, like that that song. But like for me, like the other songs, it's. A lot of those renditions are all equal. So, like, two through five is... Honestly, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas outside of Bootboy is fantastic. Bootboy is absolutely... I mean, he, the reason that he's popular is because he's able to kind of handle these renditions so well. He's so talented. Um, he is so talented because he's got a classical voice. But well, it's... Yeah, I, I modern believe, I believe the first person that made It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas popular was Frank Sinatra, right? It was was Frank who I brought up earlier. And Michael Buble sounds a lot like Frank Sinatra, which is why he can pull it off so much. So we'll play just a tiny bit of Michael Buble because we're not going to want to infringe on royalty. That's why I'm actually talking through this. (laughs) So our streaming services don't think we're just... It's beginning to look a lot like Ooh, that's a velvety voice. Never, that's a good mood. Vo- that's a good voice. Yep, that's my number. Locked in. Num- that's my number four. Michael Bublé is he? He's he's a sensational guy. Uh, true story. One of my cousins, one of her best friends, uh, actually hooked up with Michael Bublé, and uh, yeah, straight up. And uh, apparently, Michael Bublé came on her. And she actually got a tattoo of a butterfly in the exact place that Michael Bublé came on her, which is like the, a part of her shoulder. <laughs> and I am not even fucking with you. This is this is a completely so, so, completely serious story. So, what I'm telling so you right what now. you're saying is he's a great singer but a terrible yep. shot. What? Michael Bublé came on my shoulder. All right. What a guy. So what are we on now? We're on four. Uh, that's that's my four. I don't. Th- I think other people have to chip in on their four. Okay, so four. Jesus. Um. Damn. I, I I'm I'm struggling here. Uh, you guys don't seem to like the classics. I've thrown out a few Bing Crosby's. Bing Crosby is the bomb, but you guys don't seem to like him. Um, of course, I think we, my, of course six, my six through ten is like really classic it, heavy. It, 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 it's a deep like that deep voice is perfect for Christmas. Like it's so similar to Sinatra. Can I play one? And can can we what sing it together? All right. So my favorite Bing Crosby's got to be Silver Bells. Bing at your nose. Ooh, good one. This screams Christmas. I mean, listen. It's it's Christmas night, and you're pouring some drinks. Is there anything more classic than this? I, I don't know. It's it's it's, you know it's really tough. It's not snowing, but just because of this, I'm gonna pour some bourbon. Does, just because I feel like I does, have to, I'm obligated. Does, all I'm so, asking you is, does this not? Does this song not bring joy to your heart? It definitely. Oh, 100 percent does. So, so does. Now, it's now it's, it's, it's an absolute banger. Like, how do it's you, a uh, banger. 
It's but I think I, I think I kind of realized something about myself just now. What's that? For me, my, my, my top fives are like standalones or definitive versions or like things that haven't been like replicated to death. Right. I love all the classics, but there's 37 versions of, of, of you know Silver Bells. There's 145 versions of Baby It's Cold Outside. I think I like some of the ones where there's only like that one version. So I do want to repeat again, Baby It's Cold Outside. It was completely satirical take. That is that is such an awkward song. But, I, so, but, but, true but the, story. The Renations are funny. One Christmas, I actually sang karaoke, Baby It's Cold Outside, with one of my aunts. And it was one of the most awkward. We realized like a minute in, like the whole song is like, Oh, it's cold outside, but should we fuck? <laughs> like that's the whole song. Um, it's, it, it's very problematic and rapey, but yeah. So we've gotten to five. Let's go to six. What do you guys got? So my my number f- I have to my number five. My number five is "Where Are You, Christmas." Now we're going to uh, six. You got to fall okay. in the order. Sorry, Where sorry. are you, Christmas? Yeah, from it's from the. Uh, the Ron Faith Hill? Howard version of the Grinch. Faith, Faith Hill? Hill. Yep. Word. Okay. Skip ahead here. Where? Oh yeah. Fantastic. Makes you tear up. Oh no. No, I didn't. So, true story about Faith Hill. <laughs> no, this is this is true. Uh, my sister, when she was a child, used to go to the beach with Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. That's it. That's her her husband, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is a classic for sure. One hundred percent. You can't really. Dispute I just, it. I just, I just love this Grinch movie so much. And, so good. And we also have to continuously talk over this so we don't get hit for copyright. Right. right. And, <laughs> uh, the whole time. Derek actually just keep talking. We can't stop talking. Faith, Faith, Faith Hill's getting ready to try to claim our song. So we can't pod. stop talking. We can't, can't stop can't, talking. Can't Derek, have our Derek, pod, you, Faith Hill. Derek, you actually have you actually uh, subscribe to her OnlyFans, right? Uh, the, the oh, little, uh, you have to. <laughs> I was, I was, I was ready for that. So this <laughs> one time, Faith Hill came on my buddy's shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> no, we can only say that about Buble. Yeah. We can only say that about Buble. All right, any other, any other Christmas bangers we can discuss? Because I have, to, I have to agree that last one, pretty good, pretty good. Christmas banger, Marcus. What, what really gets your fucking gullet going the holiday season? Well, it's something white, but a white Christmas? <laughs> no, uh, I, I we already I, went through that. I did no, no. It was a drug-related uh, comment. Oh, okay. But um, no, I, I just I, I like up like so I, I like a nice variety of Christmas music. I, I like a, a little bit play. I like I love Sinatra. I love um like like every single mix. But I also you know upbeat like newer like every rendition. I love them all. How about uh? It, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year. What about this one? Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. This is another good one. It is another really good one. For sure. Listen, honestly, a lot of these, it's funny too, because you come out with a Christmas banger, it's going to transcend decades. Um, These are tough. This might be the hardest power ranking we've ever done. I think I think I think we could agree more on teams than we can on these Christmas songs. I, I, I think I think this is the only 
type of like debate that like number one is solidified for almost everyone, if not everyone, and then the rest is like like the top ten or top twenty. Right. Th- th- there's a firm argument for everyone. I agree. Yep. Like like it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to like really dig through. Like however you want to, whatever you like. Like every single one is gonna hit you in a different way, but like hit you. I'll just tell you hard. the one that I I absolutely despise because I think most of the versions are just absolute trash is Santa Baby. Yes. Dude, most Santa, like most of the versions are so Santa cringy. Santa baby. And every and everybody tries to do like their Marilyn Monroe like over singing. I, I straight up skip that song every time. It's terrible. Yeah. It's too bad. Cause coming down the chimney tonight. Light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear. All right. Anything else to throw up there on the Christmas power rankings? Are we are we spent on this? I, I think we're pretty spent. I think we're spent. All right, folks. Spent. Let's close this one down. But I will be listening to Christmas music right after this. Oh yeah, the Christmas music. It's, it's cheerful. It's great. Can't underestimate it. I think that's what puts it over the top. Like, what other season has music? What other holiday has music? Like Monday Night Football. <laughs> right. Honestly, not many, not many seasons. We talked about how Thanksgiving's kind of neglected. They don't have any themes or like, in terms of like music. They don't have any movies. Christmas is where it's at. Actually, Halloween's where it's at. But you know. All right, folks. Any closing remarks? Eight, eight, and one, baby. Non-losing season. Um, I do have a closing mark. I think that the Vikings are going to find a way to lose to the Bears this week because I prophesized it weeks ago. I just think it's going to happen. It just It's just such a Vikings thing to happen. The Bears are so bad right now. Why not lose to the Bears and Justin Fields, who looks just really bad right now? Um, why not lose to that team? Justin Fields will probably have the, have the best game of his entire career tonight. It's gonna happen. I'm just excited for Saturday football. Me too. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we're in that you know that part of the year where we start getting Saturday football. Um, it's a great Christmas tradition, is it not? It it, it really ends the year right to start the, the year right with playoff Saturday football. Yeah, hundred percent. It's kind of like baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Comes on suddenly, and you're like, oh, am I getting raped by this? <laughs>